Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Uh, today and, and tonight, this morning and tonight, are really verses a lot of time we might be tempted to kind of skip over. Uh, they're, they're Paul's kind of personal remarks to the church at Ephesus, but I, I think they have some really good stuff for us uh, to think about. And so we're, we're not going to skip them. We're going to finish all the way through this book. Uh, verse 19 and 20, here's what Paul says. And he says, and also uh, for me, and, and the implication is there, pray for me. Let, let me go ahead and read verse 18. It'll make more sense there. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. What we looked at last week. And then Paul says, and also for me. And so in other words, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have a Bible and to have uh, the inspired Word of God in our hands. And God, what a, what a privilege that, that is. And Father, we, we resonate with the Apostle Paul. Uh, God, we want to know how to speak uh, as we ought to speak. God, we want to know how to speak boldly. Uh, Father, we ask you to give us grace in, in not only um, listening this morning to the Word and, and being obedient to the Word, but God, we ask for grace um, in speaking boldly uh, of the mystery of the Gospel. Uh, Father, we love you. We thank you uh, for for your mercy toward us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I don't think I've ever met a genuine believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and what I mean by genuine believer, someone who, who realizes their brokenness, uh, their, their sinfulness, that they're, they're, they're damaged sinfully. And because of that, Jesus Christ had to die on the cross uh, that he might make us righteous through his death. A person who's come to, to, to repent of their sins and to put their faith in Jesus, to receive him as their greatest treasure. I don't think I've ever met one of those people, a follower of Jesus, who didn't also have a desire to share their faith. Okay? Uh, I, I really think everybody across the board, if, if, you, if, you, if you are a follower of Christ, if you realize, look, I was lost in my sins, I was broken by sin, and Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection has saved me and transformed me and given me eternal life, I really believe if you're that guy, you want to share your faith with other people. I, I think you do. I think you want to share with your family. You want them to have what you have, and you don't want your friends to perish, and, and you want your coworkers to have the peace and the power that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Jesus Christ. I mean, really, if you think about it, you've got to be pretty cruel and heartless to, to believe and embrace the gospel and not care if somebody else has it, don't you? I mean, if you really believe what the Bible says about the gospel, and if you really believe what the Bible says about eternity and about heaven and hell, I think you've got to be a pretty cruel person to not care that somebody else have that. Okay? And by definition of a follower of Jesus, you're not cruel. Okay? You're, you're not heartless. And so I, I really believe that every born-again believer has a deep desire to want to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the people that they know. Okay? So I believe that's true. But what I also believe is true is that almost universally... Believers feel ill-equipped to do that. Isn't that true? I mean, no matter how well you speak, no matter how versed you are in the Bible, uh, I, I, the people that I talk to and the people that, 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 that are my friends in, in, in the gospel and believers, they all share the same thing, that they struggle. They struggle with, with, with wanting to be good at sharing their faith and feeling that they're ill-equipped, feeling that, 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 that that's a struggle for them in their life. 
Every time we put out a, a discipleship survey about, you know, what do you want to study in discipleship training? What do you want to study in small groups? What do you want to say? Share, sharing your faith. You know, I want to share my faith with my friends. That almost always comes up. That's almost always at the top of the list. Okay. Uh, and, and what I want you to understand by that is you're not alone. Uh, you're in a church full of people that says, man, I love what Jesus has done in me. I want other people to have that. Uh, but I struggle to share. I struggle to know how to do that practically in my life. And the cool thing is, look, you're not only uh, not alone in our church. You're not alone in church history. Paul, look at what Paul is praying. Paul is praying to the, he, he's asking the church in Ephesus to pray for him. And, and his prayer request is that God would give him boldness, that God would give him the words to speak to make the mystery of the gospel plain. Now, that, that's interesting, isn't it? That Paul would pray for boldness. I mean, this is the guy who, who had these visions and revelations, who was caught up in the third heaven, who, who was stoned, dragged out of the city, got back up, went back in the city. I mean, this guy is asking for boldness. And, and by the very fact that he asked for boldness, I mean, it means that he struggled to be bold. You know, I mean, you don't ask for things that you already have. You don't ask for things that you, you, you don't need. I mean, I mean, obviously this implies that Paul too struggled to be bold with the gospel. Okay. Now, now, now the reason I think that's significant is, is just simply this. You're not alone. I mean, don't, don't feel like you're alone in, in that you struggle to share the gospel. You struggle to know how to, how to communicate the gospel to your friends and, and to your family. And this was a passion and a priority in Paul's life. And in fact, many times, he, he, a lot of times he's asking the church to pray for him. Almost always it centers around his mission of the gospel. Okay? Hardly ever do you hear Paul saying, hey, pray for me. I'm in prison. I'm really uncomfortable here. The food is terrible. You know, uh, pray for me. I, I don't feel good. Pray for me. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm destitute financially. I mean, you, you know, he mentioned some of those things, but almost always when Paul, when Paul says, Hey, pray for me. It's something like this. Let me read you another one. Colossians chapter four, verse three and four. Paul says, and at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm, I'm in prison, that I may be, be able to make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Almost the exact same prayer. So he asked the Ephesian Christians, the Ephesian church, hey, pray for me that God would make me bold, that he would give me the words to say to communicate the gospel. He, pray, he asked the, the Colossian church, hey, guys, pray for us that the door would be open, that I would make the gospel clear. I mean, this is a passion in Paul's life. It's a priority in Paul's life that words would be given to him to make the gospel clear to other people. And so, hey, don't, don't do this thing. Here's what I hear believers doing sometimes. I hear believers say, you know what? You know, I've tried to share my faith and I just don't have the words and I'm not very articulate. And so it just must not be my gift. Okay. Have you, ever, have you ever felt that way? You know, hey, that's the pastor. He talks all the time. You know, he, he doesn't shut up. You know, that's his gift. You know, he, he's just good at talking, but I'm not good at talking. And so it's not my gift. No, that's not it at all. Don't make that jump to think that, hey, some people are gifted in this area. Don't have any struggle about articulating the gospel. And other people's do. And so you, you, you're one that struggles. And so it just must not be God's plan for you. That's not true at all. You, you're, you're right in league with the Apostle Paul in that you need to pray to God that God would make you bold and that he would give you the word to say to make it clear. You know, that word bold is an interesting word in, in the New Testament. It, it means leaving nothing out. It's speech that leaves nothing out. It's speech that reveals everything, okay, in a confident way. It, in my mind, it's the opposite of being vague, okay? 
You know, being vague is you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't give all the information that's needed. You, you, you kind of point it in a general direction. Uh, one of my favorite stories about that, I, I was driving a school bus in North Kansas City. It was the first day of school, and uh, I did my three routes. I, I got done with my three routes. I looked back, and there's this little head. You know, I could see the little hairline sticking up over the, over the seat. And I, I'd done all my stops, you know, so I pull over, and I say, hey, come up here, buddy. And he comes up, and I say, man, you know, where you, where you go? Where's your house? You know, did, I, did you miss your stop? He's like, no, you didn't go by my stop. You know, I say, you're sure? No, you didn't go by my stop. And I said, well, where do you live? Give me your address. And he says, well, you know that blue house, you know? And I mean, we're in, we're in Kansas City, uh, metro area of over a million people. And the information that he gives to me is I live in the blue house, okay? That's vague, okay? You see, he did not give me the information that I needed to do what I needed to do. That, that's vague, okay? Boldness is the opposite. This word bold here is the opposite of being vague. It's bold in the sense that it, it shares what needs to be shared. It reveals what needs to be revealed. Okay? Now, when you think of boldness, don't think of arrogance. Don't, don't think of uh, rudeness. You know, a lot of people, when they think, you know, a lot of Christians, I've seen this happen. They're like, I want to be bold for the gospel. And so the way they try to live that out is, is almost by being arrogant. You know, it's almost by, hey, you know, grabbing someone in the street. Hey, you know, do you know you're going to burn in hell? You know, and, you know, I've, I've watched your life. You're a sinner. And, you know, and I'm being bold that way. You know, I, I'm going to be right in your face. That, that's really not what boldness means. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And then listen to this. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Do you hear that? I tell you what, you will, you will mess up any opportunity that you have to share the gospel if you're a jerk. Okay? I mean, when, when, when you're rude, when you're bold, when you're arrogant... You know, when you're one of those people that you just, you just want to almost engage somebody in an argument so that you can smash them down, you know, you can go tear their little fish with the little feet off their car, you know, and throw it down and be like, you know, that's wrong. You know, let me show you why it's wrong. You know, I mean, if you know what, that's, that's, that's not sharing the gospel. That's not boldness. Okay. That's, don't, don't think of boldness in that way. Boldness is sharing everything that needs to be shared. Okay. It's pulling the curtain back from the gospel and, and showing them the glory of all that is in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be bold. It's being confident in that. It's not being vague. Okay? And, and man, the nature of the gospel demands that we be bold. Okay? The nature of the, the gospel demands that we don't leave anything out. That we tell people what they need to know. That we share with them who Jesus is. The nature of the gospel demands that. You know why? Because the gospel is an emergency. You know what I mean? How, how, how bad would it be uh, to have a vague 911 call? You know? Hello, this is 911. Hey, yeah, there's somebody dying on the west side of town, you know? I mean, great, you know, wow, the west side of town. I mean, how vague is that? I mean, the, the nature of a 911 call is, hey, you need to tell us where to get to this guy. All the firemen, they get this. They're all smiling. They, evidently, this must happen sometimes. I don't know. But, 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 but by the nature of an emergency, you need to tell us what we need to do to get things right. And, and, and that's, that's what that word bold means, is not leaving anything out. Sharing the message of the gospel in a clear way, in a confident way. And the nature of the gospel demands that. Let me ask you this question. And we're going we're gonna to settle on this. We're, we're going to spend uh, four or five things on this. But why, why are we not bold? Okay? 
Now again, Paul, let's put ourselves, we're, 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 we're in company with the Apostle Paul. Evidently, he, he felt a need to be bold in his life, and he felt sometimes maybe he wasn't as bold. Paul felt a need to, God, give me the words, and that, that implies that sometimes he felt like he didn't have the words, and we all feel that way. And, and, and so, so let me ask you this. What are some reasons sometimes that we are not as clear with the gospel, that we're not as confident with the gospel, that we're not as, as, uh, as, as thorough in, in sharing the gospel as we ought to be with our friends and family, with our coworkers, with our neighbors? What, what, what are some reasons why we're not bold? Okay? I think the first one that comes to my mind, and, and this one's addressed a lot in the Bible, is simply sometimes we're scared of the wrong things. Okay? Sometimes we are scared of the wrong things. We, we are fearful of things that we should not be fearful of, and we're not fearful of things that we should be fearful of. Jesus dealt with this in, in the book of Matthew. Uh, book of Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 26. I like what he says here. He says, so have no fear of them. He's sending out his disciples, his apostles, and they're going out to do ministry. And he says, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed. In other words, hey, someday all this, everything that's, that needs to be known is going to be known, Okay. Or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear in the whispered, whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, you know what Jesus says there? He says, look, you need to fear the right thing in your life. Okay? Uh, don't, don't fear what people think of you. Don't, don't, don't fear this, this brief, you know, embarrassment, this brief repercussions for what, whatever you might have for sharing the gospel, you know, rather fear, fear the one who, who's in charge of your eternity, who's in charge of your destiny. But that's a real thing, isn't it? For us to, to pull away of being clear about the gospel simply because we're afraid of what people think. We're afraid of what people might say. And again, you're not alone in that. Okay. The, we, we just looked at, we're not alone in being bold. The apostle Paul prayed for boldness. You know what? You're not alone in, in shrinking back from, from sharing the gospel. Peter did the same thing. Remember, remember the story, and a lot of it's in Galatians, where, where Peter, he knows the gospel, okay? And because he knows the gospel, he's gone to this Gentile uh, place. And because he knows, look, salvation doesn't come through the law anymore. It comes through grace, and it comes through faith, and it comes through putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. Peter knows that, that the gospel is about repenting of sin, putting your faith in Christ, and anybody, whoever they are, Jew, Gentile, men, women, children, if they put their faith in Christ, they are believers. Believers, and that's what saves them. Peter knows that. And because he knows that, he goes to this Gentile place and he starts eating with them. You know, which a Jew wouldn't do because the law would say, you know, hey, you, 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 need, to, you need to obey the law. And that means you stay away from Gentiles and you don't eat pork or you don't eat, you know, unclean foods. But because Peter knows the gospel, man, he's just right in there, you know. And he's, he's enjoying fellowship with these Gentiles until, here's what happens. Some people from Jerusalem show up. Some of his buddies. And all of a sudden, Peter begins to back away. Let, let, me, let me read you the text. Galatians chapter 2 verse 11 says, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing, hear that? Why did Peter do it? Because, because he was afraid. Fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews, this thing spread. Peter's example spread. They acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray. By their hypocrisy. By Peter's actions, he sends an unclear message about the gospel. Remember what, what is boldness? Man, it's making things clear. It's revealing everything that needs to be revealed. But all of a sudden, by the way that Peter lives his life, he is, he is, he is muddying up the gospel. Okay? What's the gospel? It's Christ died for us. 
You know, we're sinners. Jesus Christ died. If you will repent of your sin, put your faith in Christ, you can be saved. Peter's living that out. And then all of a sudden some people come and he begins to live in such a way that makes it unclear. He begins to pull away from these guys like you're not really saved. And, the, you know, that's not really the gospel. And the gospel is you, you, you got to obey the law. And, man, Paul calls him on it. He says, Peter, you're distorting the gospel by the way that you live your life. I think that happens with us sometimes, don't you? Do you ever find yourself living in such a way that maybe distorts the gospel? Maybe people at work, they know what you claim. You know, maybe, maybe they, some of you, here's what I really like. I've baptized a lot of you. I love it when people from your workplace come, you know, and, and you're baptizing. You invited the people from your work. That's awesome, you know. And your friends and your family, and they know where you stand as a believer. But, you know, I think what we can do sometimes is by the way that we live our life, we begin to give a confusing message about the gospel. And a lot of times it's because we're fearful. Because we're fearful of what someone's going to say. What are they going to do? They're going to think we're strange. They're going to make fun of us. They're going to, whatever. Number two, sometimes I think we can be ashamed of the gospel. I say this because because Paul, again, told us that he's not. Evidently, this is a temptation for us. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You know, I think something that will keep you from being bold with the gospel is, is not seeing that it is the most compelling, engaging, exciting news in the, in the, in the world. The, the word gospel means good news, okay? And nobody, nobody struggles to share good news, do they? And so what that tells me is if we're, if we're struggling to share the gospel, then we're struggling to remember and to, to, to live out the fact that this is the greatest news ever. I mean, how, how many of you, if, 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 you were, if this was your task, all right, your task is to go down in the break room and tell everybody they just got a $500 a week raise, okay? How many of you would have sweaty palms and be like, I just don't want to do this. I don't know the words to say. You know, I don't really understand why corporate's done this. And so I don't know the, all the ins and outs. And I'm not sure what this is going to do tax-wise. And so I don't really have all the information that I need to have. And so I, just, I, just, I don't think I'm going to do it today. I'm, I'm not going to do it today. I'm just, I'm going to wait. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to practice some more and, and maybe tomorrow all day. how many of you would do that you would not do it even if you didn't know all, you wouldn't care what you knew five hundred dollars a week that's all you need to know you would go down there and share it gladly why it's good news isn't it i mean i think so yeah i mean that's great news see we don't we don't struggle to share good news and, and so if, 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 if we're struggling to share the gospel, if we're struggling to talk about christ if we're struggling to talk about faith and repentance and and glory folks we're struggling to see that the gospel really is good news. There is no better news than the gospel. But I really think that in a lot of people's lives, they're, they're almost like, man, I, I just don't think this is relevant. I don't think, you know, I'm afraid to share this because I don't think people want it. I don't think people need it. You know, they're, they're not going to be interested in it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like some of your salesmen. It's kind of like trying to sell something that you're really not interested in. But that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Uh, man, I feel sorry for some of those kids, you know, uh, kids all over every school, every organization, even parents sometimes, soccer and, you know, they have you do these fundraisers. 
And yet, you ever have those ones with the catalogs, you know? And man, I really struggle with those. I, I, I can sell the food stuff. That, that's easy for me. But the, the catalogs, because I mean, seriously, I'll look through some of those and there's not one thing in there that I, that I can think of that I need, you know? I mean, you know, I don't need a coffee mug that says something about world's greatest dad or whatever, you know? And I, and I cannot think of a use of why your pet would need to have a dish with its name on it, you know? I mean, our pet can't read, you know? And so, I mean, that, I, I don't get that, you know? Why, why do you need that or a little vest for it or whatever, you know, they got fur. I mean, there's just so many stuff in there that I just like, man, I, I, I mean, really, I've looked through some of that stuff. And I, there's not, there's nothing, people don't need this, you know? And, and I know that some of you are like, man, I love that. We've got one. Great. See, you're the guy to sell that. Okay. But I'm not because I look at it. I'm like, why would anybody want this? Okay. Well, you know what? I think in a real way, some people feel that way about the gospel. And I I can't help but think they must because if if we struggle saying, man, you need to know this and this is good news. Hey, you know what? I don't have any trouble telling people that Chicken Express sells Heath Bar mixes in the mini size for a buck nine. I mean, I bet I've told a hundred people that. You know why? Because I think that's a great deal, man. You need that. That'll, that'll bless your life. That'll make your life better. You know, it really will. I can buy my whole family for like eight sixty. okay? Everybody gets an ice cream with, a, with one topping. That, that's a great deal. And because it is, man, I am ready. I'm ready to tell people. I, I, I brag up our national parks. I think the national parks are great. I mean, things that we think, man, this is great. You need this. You don't have trouble. You're not ashamed of those things. But I think when a lot of people think about the gospel, you know, they're at work and, man, this guy's got problems and, he, you know, he's got financial problems and he's working hard and he's got his busy life. And, you know, he doesn't need the, you know, a lot of times we think the gospel is just this thing that kicks in when we die. So nobody's really concerned about it until death. And at the funeral, everybody wants to know, you know, man, was he saved? And what I sure hope he was. Folks, the gospel applies to every part of your life. Man, I believe that. You, you don't know who you are. And you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know why you should go out and do whatever you do without the gospel. I believe that. I mean, without the gospel, you're just wandering around without purpose. I, I really don't think, you can't, you, you can't understand marriage. I, I believe that. You can't rightly understand why a husband and a wife would, would, would cleave together and love each other unconditionally for life. You can't understand that without understanding the gospel. I mean, marriage is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of Jesus in the church. You know, I don't think we can understand what we need to do with our kids. Man, I don't think you can understand how to raise your kids without the gospel. If you don't understand the gospel, you're going to miss it. You could be the, the best, best dad in the world as far as homework done and getting them to soccer and teaching them a sport and getting them into college. Man, you don't have the gospel, they'll perish forever. I mean, every part of life hinges on the gospel. Friends, there's, there's no need to be ashamed of the gospel. It is life. It is the best news in all eternity. Number three, I think sometimes we're not bold uh, because we just don't have a sense of urgency. I mean, it's real easy in, in things like this to just think, you know, I, I'll do that. I will tomorrow. There'll be time for that. I'll talk to my buddy someday. And here's what we think a lot of times, you know, well, my kid's just little. Or we think, you know, well, their, their, heart will be, their heart will be open tomorrow. They'll be open next week. And I'm really busy right now. But, you know, 
man, that's not, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's an urgency about the gospel that's now. How many times do you read in the Bible? Now. Don't harden your hearts. Now. Today is the salva- day of salvation. In, in fact, in the spiritual armor, remember this a couple weeks ago? You know, he said, uh, uh, where's that at? Um, I can't find it. There it is, 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The gospel ought to give this, this readiness, you know. I mean, it's shoes, it's track shoes, you know. It, it gets you to go, go. I mean, you understand the gospel that it brings about a, an urgency, a readiness. The man, they, this can't wait till tomorrow. I get my shoes on, I'm going now. It moves you. Number four, I think a lot of people aren't bold with the gospel because they don't own the real casualties of the spiritual warfare. You know, when, when you look at this passage, where this occurs, you know, we, we just had three or four sermons beginning with chapter 10 on, on the reality of, of the spiritual warfare that we're in. That, that we have a real enemy, and that enemy is blinding the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the glorious deeds of Jesus. And without the gospel, without the gospel, there's real casualties. If people don't know the gospel, then they'll be content to walk happily into hell. And that's the reality. They'll live a life without honoring, without loving, without knowing their creator. They'll be separated from all that is good and all that is comforting and all that is rewarding. They'll perish in all that they live for. I mean, this is a thought that just grips me. When I think about people living their whole life, you know, and thinking, man, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm working hard. And, and there, man, there's people that, that really bust their tail. And when I think about that without the gospel, without, without embracing Jesus Christ, all that they live for, all that they enjoyed, all that they accomplished is a, is a grain of sand in the ocean of God's wrath. It'll be as nothing, nothing. And I don't want that for people. Nothing else will matter except that they rejected Jesus. Nothing else will matter except that they did not love or see or cherish their creator. And they'll bear the penalty of their sin forever and ever. Man, this is, there's, there's something at stake. <laughs> and whether we communicate the gospel to people. I think sometimes we, we're not bold with the gospel. This is number five if you're writing down things. Is it, we feel like we don't have the right words. Man, I hear that a lot. Man, I just, I just don't have the right words. I just don't know what to say. Uh, I struggle, you know, to try to explain this thing. Uh, struggle to start the conversation. How many, how many of you, that's your big deal? You know, it's like, okay, you know, I just struggle to get from, how do I get from, hey, you know, you know, haul that pipe today to, you know, Jesus substitutionary death. I mean, how, how do I get, how do I transition to talk to to my friends about the gospel. Um, and that's a big deal. And, and it's a big deal because of this reason. Look, look, at what, look at the way Paul describes it. He says in verse 19, And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So Paul prays, God, give me the words. And give me the words to explain the mystery of the gospel. Okay? Now, now so he says the gospel is a mystery. And the reason it's a mystery is because it's, it's, a, spiritual, it's a spiritual truth. Okay? It's a lot easier to describe physical things, isn't it? My car, my car is white. 
Uh, my car is small. It's a compact. It has blue interior. It is hail decorated. Okay. Uh, my car is an automatic transmission. Okay. See, I can tell you things about my car. That's real easy to do. And, and you understand, right? Because it's a physical thing. But it's a lot, it's a lot harder to, to talk about things like sin, you know, like things like that we're internally broken and that we don't love and cherish the right things. It's a lot harder to talk about, about Jesus, the eternal son of God, not a created being, but the creator who is one with the father and one with the Holy Spirit, who became man in the womb of the Virgin Mary, who lived a completely sinless and righteous life, clearly displaying through miracles and works of wonders, the glory of God. And at age 33, was arrested and unjustly crucified by Roman soldiers, all being in the plan of God. The plan of God that Jesus would take our place, that he would, he would die our death, that he would take our sins upon himself so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we might repent of sin, put our faith in Christ, be joined to him, his righteousness be put in our account, be indwelt by the Spirit of God, to be transformed into the image of Jesus. You see, those things are harder to communicate, aren't they? You know? I mean, it's a lot easier to say, well, my, my truck has, you know, it has 16-inch tires. Or it has, you know, uh, it, it, pipes. or well, I mean, you know, it, it's a lot easier to describe these physical realities than it is spiritual realities. And that's why we need to do what Paul did here. You see? It, it's not that, hey, this was easy for Paul. It's hard for me. No, Paul's saying, God... I'm asking you and I'm asking other people, pray for me to make me bold, to give me the words to say, to communicate the mystery of the gospel. The gospel is a spiritual thing. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mystery, not in the sense of uh, like women are a mystery. Okay. Women are a mystery in that you can't figure them out. Okay. You know, we'll say things like that. We'll say, you know, this is a mystery. And what we mean by that is I can't figure it out. You know, it's not a mystery in that sense. It's a mystery in the sense that, that God, God, this, this is previously hidden and that's been revealed okay let me show you second corinthians 4 4 uh in their case he's talking about people that that don't know the gospel people that are perishing in their case the god of this world that's satan in this in this case has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of christ who's the image of god you see before prior to age 18 i was blind to the gospel okay People had communicated it. People had told me. I'd, I'd read books. You know, I'd seen the flannel graph in Sunday school. But, but I was blind to the glory of Jesus. I was not impressed with Jesus. I did not see his glory. I did not see uh, his, his majesty, his faithfulness, his goodness. I didn't see that he's the treasure worth giving everything for in the pearl of creation. I didn't see that. Okay? And spiritually, my eyes had to be opened. Okay? And so our calling, our calling, what a great calling to throw, throw back the curtain and show this glorious thing. And we do that through just communicating the gospel, but we don't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. If I can encourage you, listen, listen, it's not so much that you have this theological education and you can, you know, it's simply that you pray and that you ask God to use you and you ask God to give you the words and the words that you speak are coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's when God throws back the curtain and opens people's eyes. So please don't, don't wait until you have this spiel memorized, you know, <laughs> that you're going to, that it's foolproof. There is not that, by the way. 
God wants you to pray. He wants you to do what Paul's doing here. He wants you to pray. And, and then he wants you to, to try, to be obedient, to speak, to speak truth, gospel truth. Praying that the Holy Spirit would take that and then he would bring life. Man, when you see people coming to salvation in the, in the New Testament, I think of the Philippian jailer. There's this earthquake, you know. He's going to kill himself. Paul says, hey, stop. The guy says, what shall I do to be saved? Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The guy is saved. <laughs> You're like, well, man, I could do that. It's not that Paul had this magic word that he said at that time. Paul just communicated a truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit had been working on this guy. I bet this guy had been watching Paul and Silas in prison. I bet he'd been listening to him singing hymns. I bet he knew they were chained and in pain and struggling. And I bet I bet all that's working on him, you know. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul speaks a bold word about the gospel, and the guy's saved. Man, that that's us. That's us. That's not just Paul. That's us. It's a spiritual message. We need to pray and then we need to speak. And we need to speak boldly. Now, I do think there are some practical things that we, we can do to sharpen our, our ability to, to communicate the gospel. Um, I, I think one of the best things, and we may talk about this more tonight. We really don't have, have time this morning. But I think one of the best things that, that can be done is for you to, you to learn to ask the right questions. I think... The, the whole thing about transitioning from just the practical nuts and bolts of life to sharing the gospel, I think that's just asking the right questions. You know, uh, some people are like, have you ever done this before? Like you're, you're talking, you know, with your family. Well, how's grandma? She's fine. You know, I guess you went to the rest home. Yeah. And you take this big, deep breath and you're like, okay, what I want you to know is that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you're a sinner. If you don't, oh, I got it out. You know, you ever do that? You know, and, and, and the person's like, wow, where'd that come from? You know, and that's good. Hey, you know, we're laughing. Don't stop doing, I mean, I, Hey, if you prayed and you're ready and you speak, God may use that. That's what I did with my grandpa. I mean, that's exactly how it went down with my grandpa. You know, we're just, you know, I knew I was going off to college and I just kind of grabbed him and said, grandpa, I got something to tell you, you know, I just spit it out. But, but I think, I think, you can get better at that by just learning to ask the right questions. Um, just learning to ask people questions. And, and, and it draws it out. You know, it turns the conversation. You know? You know hey, what would you think about that earthquake? Man, isn't that terrible that so many people die? Wow. Man, what do you, you ever think about death? There you go. We're in, aren't we? If we got to death, we're in a spiritual conversation. What do you think happens to people when they die? I mean, just asking the right questions. What do you believe about this? You know, man, do you ever, you ever find yourself just like, you don't want to do this thing, but you, you just keep doing it. <laughs> you, is that ever happened to you? You know, you just keep messing up. And why do you think that is? Well, you know, at church the other day, I was learning about sin, you know, and the Bible says, did you know this, that we're, we're broken like that we're sinners and we're drawn to, the, you, know, you know, it's just asking the right questions. Uh, I, I think that, that's, that's, that's a great skill to practice, okay? But even more so, here's the number one practical thing I think you can do to, to gain a boldness with the gospel. Practice articulating the gospel. Here's where I think a lot of, uh, a lot of like witness training things go wrong, is they try to teach you this, you know, all these transition phrases and things like that. And those, those are okay. 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not down on those. But I think even better is that, that we live our lives in the gospel. We live our lives articulating the gospel. Uh, I think that's really important. You know, if, if you're praying, God, God, show me. Give me words. Teach me. Give me opportunities. I want to share with my friend. If you're praying that, then, then I think the action step to that, I mean, there ought to always be an action step, right? If you pray for wisdom, you ought to read your Bible. You know, if you pray for healing, you ought to go to the doctor. If you pray for good friendships, you ought to go to a small group. If you pray for God to use your life, then you ought to sign up for some ministry, team kit or Bible study or work day. If you pray for a job, you ought to fill out an application, okay? If you're praying, God, help me to share my faith, okay? I think a one faith step would be actually sharing, okay? But another faith step would be articulating the gospel. Do this all the time. Man, we ask a bunch of questions before we go to, we, we go to sleep, you know, um, uh, with the kids. Uh, we go through the catechism questions. Who made you? You know, what else did God make? You know, why did God make you? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they've got all good answers. But one of them that I ask is, I'll, I'll be like, Avery, you know, tell me what the gospel is. You know, and, and man, she really struggled with that <clears throat> until we, we just reviewed it and reviewed it and reviewed it. And I gave her kind of some, some, some points, okay? Here, here they are, okay? Man's a sinner. You know, Jesus Christ died for our sins. And he was raised from the dead. And we must repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus so that we can be joined to him. That's essentially it. I know that's, that, that's brief, isn't it? Okay? But, but see, it gave her a handle, Okay? Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Or man's a sinner. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Faith and repentance. Okay? It gave her a handle to be able to talk about the gospel. And you know what? If, you're, if your kid's a believer, if they're not a believer, I think you ought to review every day. What's the gospel? Tell me the gospel. I think when you pray, you ought to pray the gospel. You, 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 ought, you, ought, you ought to pray, you know, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I thank you for, for Jesus' death on the cross for me. And I thank you that he didn't stay buried. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And Jesus, I, I just thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you're drawing men to, to yourself. And you're bringing about repentance in their life. And, then, and you're bringing about faith so that they can embrace and trust you. And they can be joined to Christ. And his righteousness can be put in. You ought to pray that thing. You ought to pray the gospel. You, you ought to talk about it. You ought to discuss it as a family. You, you ought to talk about the different elements of the gospel over and over and over again. You know, why, why do we have communion over and over and over again? We had it a couple weeks ago. Why, why do we do that? You know why? Because it's a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for you. His blood being applied to your life. We ought to talk about that. And I, and I think the reason why a lot of people struggle to share their faith is because they haven't talked about the gospel enough. You know, a lot of people tell me, you know, I just can't talk about those things. I, I'm just not good with words. And, you know, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I'm just not a good talker, you know. And then someone will mention the OU football game. And for 45 minutes, they will talk about the OU football game. I mean, they'll talk about stats, and they'll talk about plays, and they'll talk about the crowd, and they'll talk about the flags, and they'll talk about the band, and they'll talk about the music. I mean, they'll talk and talk and talk and talk. Man, it's not, there's, there's no problem with their talking ability. It's simply that they know a lot about OU football, and they practice it a lot, and they don't the gospel. You say, well, I'm already saved. Sweet. And the gospel is the greatest news in all the universe. And it's the thing that, 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 that brought you from death to life. And you ought to talk about that. And, and here's my promise to you. If you will talk about the gospel, talk about it with your family, talk about it to yourself, pray the gospel. Every time you see something in the scriptures, uh, you know, apply that to the gospel. Talk about the elements of the gospel. If you'll do that, you'll get good at sharing your faith. I guarantee you. And then every time God gives you an opportunity, use it. 
Man, I tell you what, children's ministry is awesome for helping you to be bold. If, if, you're, if, if you work in our VBS program and you're a rec leader, every time those kids come in to play kickball, talk about the gospel. Isn't that great? And, and, and they're going to expect it, you know? They're lining up teams and they're going to listen to you. Talk about the gospel, you know? Just, just talk about it. Say, you know, hey, did you see how little Billy got his head, you know, you know, cracked down from, from that, that, that ball and kickball? Hey, let me tell you about that. There's something worse than that, you know? The Bible says that if you don't, I don't know, you know? I mean, just apply it, you know? Talk about it. If you're in a team kid class, great thing about team kids. You can talk, you can, you can share the gospel every Wednesday. Give time and effort to that. Man, so many, so many people just, they, they blow children's ministry. They just don't prepare. They well, I need to get a craft. And, I need, and, and that's just cool. But hey, prepare and, and, and communicate the gospel. Whatever ministry you're in, Sunday school, small groups, student small groups, your family, your extended family. Man, talk about the gospel. One more thing. Isaiah 52, 7. Listen. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Man, there is nothing more beautiful than when because you care about people, and because you've seen the glory of Jesus, that, that you, you talk about the gospel. You share the good news. You publish what God has done and who he is. There is nothing more beautiful than that. There's nothing that will bring greater rewards and joy for eternity than you and I talking about the gospel. Let's do it. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us opportunity today uh, just to... To see that Paul struggled just like we do. And uh, so did Peter. Um, with, with articulating the gospel. With, with knowing how to share this great mystery that's been revealed to us. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for showing us that Peter struggled uh, in being fearful what people thought of him. Um, but God, we know that your Holy Spirit is able to overcome all of that in our lives. And God, I just pray that we'd be people of the gospel. God, help us to, to speak it and to ask questions to our children and to our families and to talk about it. And God, just to be saturated with what Christ has done for us. Father, give us opportunity to share that gospel. I pray that you would bring a multitude of people uh, to this church through the missionary efforts of, of the people in this room. God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.